championship. Can you feel Candlestick? Welcome to Cover 49. I am your host, Tesh, and Bryant Young belongs in the Hall of Fame. I got my main man, Chrissy Chris, representing the Central Valley. What's going on, Chris? Not much, man. Uh, we caught that uh, storm that uh, was uh, in Santa Clara uh, the last couple of days. It made its way up uh, down uh, down the valley, but uh, it's uh, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I mean, that was like a real storm. It wasn't just like that sprinkled rain in California. People yeah, no, it was bad. And then out of Mexico, Jamal's on vacation. I don't know how he winged it from his wife, but he's able to get on the pod tonight. Well, anything for cover 49. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, she's a little drunk right now, so I kind of <laughs> stepped away. I, too, am a little drunk, so if I start my speech per usual, you know. Late night talk show. That's all we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for real, though. And we have a guest with us, uh, Zach. I know you told me how to pronounce your last name. I, I'm going to butcher it. Sorry, Zach uh, Kilman. Ah, uh, it's Kyleman. Kyleman. That's okay. That's a common mistake. No problem. Zach <laughs> Kilman. And so Zach, Zach represents the Chicago Bears. He hosted a podcast, the Chicago Bears. Uh, he also hosted a podcast called the Gridiron Gallery Podcast and Inside the Walls Podcast. Uh, he's got a bunch of different projects that he's doing. He's involved in television, and I feel real honored to have somebody in his stature to join us peasants. So, Zach, thanks for coming in, man. Oh, thank you. You you knock yourself down too much, <laughs> but I appreciate I appreciate you having me, and I'm looking forward to this discussion. You know, uh, yeah, it's you know it's been a year. <laughs> at least we're, we're right talking there. about our teams. At least I'm I'm excited to talk this. No, definitely, definitely. And, you know, it's not the marquee matchup, the 49ers and the Bears. It's probably going to be televised in two networks, uh, sports media networks in the Bay Area and Chicago, which are both top five sports, uh, uh, sports, what's the word I'm looking for? You're talking markets. Sports markets, yeah, sports Mm -hmm. markets. Top five sports markets, but still, uh, it's only going to be Bears fans and Niners fans probably going to be watching that game. Zach, let's get into it, man. How is the bear season going so far? Well, here's the thing. It's kind of been surprising at spots and also extremely disappointing. Very ebb and flowy. Um, you know, you get high moments like the fact that, well, the Bears somehow have wins against the Raiders and the Bengals at this point, but yet you have disaster, you have disastrous losses like in terms of Tampa Bay last week. Um, you know, really winnable games like for example the green bay packers two weeks prior that you know if you wonder if it's a little bit of more efficient offense if not a more dynamic offense this team could be right now one of the top got one of the top squads in the nfc mainly thanks to really their defensive presence anchoring things down um sands their blowout last week against tampa bay um defensively Chicago's come to play and it seems like that they for the most part have figured out most things that were playing in last year it's just that they still have not found what make can make it click offensively yes Justin Fields is being put in yes you're wanting him to develop yes the national media and many Bears fans want him in to develop but 
right now, unless you are going to find someone that is an offensive genius, which in Chicago, there is no such thing at this moment. <laughs> you're kind of, you're kind of stuck with a very base offense with a rookie quarterback. That's put behind a not well-made line for recent years based. Thanks to good old Ryan pace himself. Yeah. Okay. Speaking about the defense, uh, we just got word that Cleo Max uh, not going to play uh, this week. Uh, how will that impact the defense? Uh, will it knock it down a little bit, or is it kind of not really going to be a huge loss? Uh, no, I mean, it's going to be big. Um, it, this wouldn't have been as big of a deal, I think, last year because, well, Robert Quinn this season has stepped up his game. So what it allows to do is it allows Cleo Mack to be freed up a bit more, and he's leading the team in, with six sacks right now. So what, what it's unfortunate is, is I don't think I'm going to see Robert Quinn's going to be basically the isolated man now, similar to what Khalil Mack was last year, where it's about neutralizing that threat on the front four and then figuring out what else is in front of you. You know, Akeem Hicks has dealt with injuries last year, including this season. He's not a threat as much as he was in, since 20, his 2018 All-Pro or Pro Bowl year. Um, I mean, Roquan Smith's going to deliver some pressure because they're going to find some ways to dial up blitzes. Sean Desai has been great at kind of getting timing for him and finding ways to get pressure that way. Um, but they're going to have to be more creative with pressure is the main thing. Uh, you can't rely on just your, well, I guess down three and then whichever one's standing up as the four. But that's your thing. Quinn's going to be kind of zeroed in on as if we neutralize him, say, you know, if Jimmy, Gar it's going to most likely sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo will be behind center for this one with maybe Trey Lance backing up, you know, that makes things a lot easier for these guys to handle. You know, it, the bears need pressure. Now they do have a decent secondary, but part of the reason that they've been getting such production and well, getting some terrible looks out of games in terms of like, say against Jero Burrow or against Derek Carr is well, they've made things uncomfortable for him. And, uh, yeah, taking Mac away, yeah, Quinn, I have a lot of faith in more this year because he seems healthy, but I'm not going to put stock in him being the, well, the game wrecker that Mac could be by himself. But, so for one quick question, so during the draft, the faithful was looking for two quarterbacks, Trey Lance mm -hmm. and Justin Fields. We didn't want Mac Jones at all. How has Justin Fields' development been so far this season? Kind of hard to gauge. I'm going to be honest with you. I – have been a little iffy on how to peg how this has been going. A lot of this kind of relies on what Matt Nagy has and Bill Lazor have been placing as his offense. They are trying at least early on the first week that Justin Fields got a start against Cleveland. It was Matt Nagy calling the plays and the way that Matt Nagy likes it is it's pass heavy with run sprinkled in or at least early run sets in the first half. And they try and fade away into more of a pass heavy concept later on. Problem is, if you're going to develop your rookie quarterback, you generally need to have a line that can actually give him time to look and develop and kind of read the field. He's having to learn how to process faster than he is allowed to as a rookie, or at least should be allowed to as a rookie. And really, it's been kind of embarrassing. Uh, it shows how much Ryan Pace has lacked as a GM when it comes to kind of making and building this position credit. They're two rookie linemen, Tevin, Tevin Jenkins, and then, uh, you have Larry Borum. They're both injured right now. So, you know, what Jenkins has been out pretty much since the beginning of the season, Borum was out after at least, I believe week two, but even with those guys out, it's just been embarrassing. Jason Peters, by the way, does not look like himself either. Uh, he looks very much reminiscent of Orlando Pace's tenure in Chicago, and it scares the hell out of me. And for that case, 
you know, it doesn't allow fields to develop. It's hard for me to gauge it. It's ba- it's very base offense. You know, the best I could say is his time playing Detroit really showed some things. You give him some time. He can, de- he can throw and make those passes downfield. He's got good chemistry with Darnell Mooney. Um, it was revealed this week that Allen Robinson and him didn't get many snaps in the off season. So their chemistry kind of stinks and considering Robinson's on a tag year, that probably doesn't help much either that, you know, he can just go into kind of coast mode in the next season. So, uh, I would say baby steps. I can't really, I can't really say that it's been massively progressive. There's flashes, nothing more though, just flashes. That's all it is every once in a while. Can I uh, add one more question to that? Uh, oh, do you yeah. think, it, uh, since we're talking about that, do you think it's time to sit the kid down for a little bit and bring back the red rifle, or do you think it's going to ride it out? If it was any other coaching and GM staff that didn't have a hot seat on them coming into the season, I would say, yeah, because I was I was one of those people that I I've been I was a stickler on to begin the year, and I was on the side that said let the kids sit and learn use the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes approach. That was what I wanted to do. I I kept saying, it's like, I know that, you know, some people, Alex Smith, you can argue might be better than Andy Dalton or whatnot. They're both pro bowl quarterbacks. They're both have been through the ringer. They've gone to the playoffs, less success with Dalton, of course, go figure. But that's the thing you can learn behind this system. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a veteran apprentice, someone on a one-year deal. that's going to leave anyway next year and look to get somewhere else. And that was solid and looked at least all right in the early going before he was injured and knocked out uh, post, you know, Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> contest early on in the season. Um, but that being said, I mean, right now, Nagy's job's on the line. Uh, Ryan Pace, it sounds like, is pretty much, it sounds like they might be connected. If one leaves, the other's probably going to leave too, because Pace has had already his chances with three, co- with two coaches already. Uh, going back to John Fox, that is. So, yeah, I think that, unfortunately, Dalton's probably not coming in unless there's an injury. It's just that there's no, the coach doesn't have any security right now. This is your kind of your Hail Mary. Leave the kid in and hope to God he finds something through the year and that you can save your season with a you know highly touted rookie quarterback. True. That's true. Oh, I want to bring it back to the defense end and – I think Kyle Shanahan does a really good job of exploding linebackers. Um, yeah. You guys got a group of uh, Alec Ogletree, Roquan Smith, and uh, Danny Trevathan. Yes. Both three names that are well-known in the NFL circles, but three names that have been underperforming this year. Am I correct in saying that you are guys lacking a little bit at linebacker, or or am I wrong in thinking that? I think, I think Roquan has been getting – he's the one that I'm saying is – definitely is the star of the group. You know, I, I don't say he's regressed. I actually think that he's looked at on par, at least as of last year, which last year he was putting up numbers and having performance that he got snubbed for an all pro nod. I'm one of those guys that I'll lay that on the line and say that he should have gotten an all pro no offense to Warner, of course, for you guys, but I'm just saying that, you know, Smith to me could have filled in for one of those three. Uh, anyway, I think Smith's been playing solid. Uh, actually, he's gotten better in coverage, it looks like, than he has in years past. Uh, Ogletree and Trevathan, those are the ones I think you exploit the most. You know, Ogletree, to me, has shown some more energy. Uh, Trevathan, I think, shown his age the last two seasons. Um, but the problem is Trevathan's a little bit better in coverage. Ogletree is better as a 
really more of a pure read the read the play and react type of running back or sorry linebacker. <laughs> he's right. he's good to go. He's good to go against the run. Good at generally tackling. Not a great coverage guy. Um, so you know, really, it's been kind of they've rotated Trevathan and Ogletree at times in between plays. Um, I mean, those are the ones you're going to be targeting the most, if anything. You know, I think uh, I think you exploit either one, unfortunately. But Roquan Smith, you know, that's the one you got to look out for. Dude, to me, dude's been getting better every year and eventually is going to get national attention the way, like, say, Darius Leonard finally did after his rookie season. <laughs> oh, well said, well said. Now, I'm going to stick on the defense and talk about the defensive coordinator. Sean, I'm going to butcher his last name like I did yours. Is it Desai or Desi? Oh, you said it right the first time, Sean Desai. De- Sean Desai. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I'm very intrigued with him is because he, he comes from a uh, – his parents are from India, and uh, mm-hmm. my great-great-great-grandparents are from India. So, if there's anytime there's somebody that looks like me in the NFL, I get excited. And so, I've been rooting for this guy since he's got the job. Be honest with me. What do you think about the defensive coordinator? What do you think about the defense that he's been putting out there? Yeah. Well, first off, I think it was it was pretty awesome when you when you talked about the descent and how that was a big stepping stone there or in the offseason. Um, he's been really uh, working hard and an integral part for the Bears kind of as an in-house hire uh, in recent years. And he's also descendant of Vic Fangio, which. Right. And which we love this, on this podcast. We love. Oh, Vic I know. <laughs> I share the love with you. Right. I miss Vic almost all the time we miss we do too, we do too. <laughs> it was mutual i i hey i that's the thing i i up until this i mean this year i'm actually gonna say i mean yeah i still miss vic fangio in general because 2018 feels like a freaking eon ago but sean desai has carried to me it seems like you know him being a descendant of the van of the fangio offense and also just kind of you know being under his tenure when he was still in chicago of course he seems like he's done pretty well. Now, credit last week was pretty ugly, but the Bears were well overmatched. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have right. weapons endlessly, and the Bears offensively put themselves in a hole, whether you want to yeah, say that, that. Yeah, I mean, between the coaching staff claiming there were 12 men on the field and forcing a pit, Justin Fields to throw a pick to endless fumbles. I mean, that they were outgunned in that regard. There was no chance in hell. But overall this year, they've been smothering. I mean, you, you look at – I talked about earlier the two games – alone that really have defined the Bears season saying there's potential here their wins against Cincinnati and and their win against well the Raiders they really dominated and were brutes up front uh, in those games they caused turnovers and up for at least two weeks ago the Bears were leading the NFL in sacks so it brought they should Sean Desai's brought the energy back to what makes a good Chicago Bears defense Thing is, is that, you know, some of the players on that said defense, I will say, sometimes have lapses that make me go, I just, that make me just want to pull my hair out. Uh, for example, the regression, the regression of Eddie Jackson is the most asinine thing in the Bears community right now. It's one of the biggest, like, my God, what have we done type of things? Cause we extended him, made him one of the highest paid safeties in the NFL, but he right. has not looked like an all pro since 2018. And it continues to look worse. Um, he does have all right coverage, but as a tackler, he's got awful and it's become a liability at times. Um, but that's just one of those things. Like, it seems like some of the little things have been problems at times, but better than say years past where it was like Chuck Pagano, it felt like, you know, carried over talent, but wouldn't make his players execute the small details. Desai seems like he's gotten them back on track with that. 
And for the most part, that's mainly the reason why Chicago is in this position at three and four. It's not that they're an offensively adept team or that they're these star, these star guys. It's just that Chicago is finally getting back to their defensive ways and they're slowing down opponents enough to where they can take advantage and be able to come out on top in the end, at least for the time being, I, I, you know, this is another game. It's, it's not gonna be like Tampa Bay last week. It's uh this will be a tight game similar to like, you know, I think Cincinnati or something. No, definitely. And it's going to be because Chicago. We are far away from Chicago there. Yeah, we are nowhere close to Tampa Bay. I'll, I'll be admit that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jamal's going to probably ask you a question about the wide receivers. Uh, I do have a question, actually. Um, Cricket defense football. Does Allen Robinson have any fantasy value for the rest of the season? I want to say no, because I also yeah. do, I also have Allen Robinson on one of my teams, and he's been a massive disappointment. He um, has been. Yeah, and and it kind of goes both ways to me uh, in terms of who you look at for this. Part of it's the Bears' offensive scheme. They are a run-first team. Ever since they went to Bill Lazor, that is his bread and butter. Uh, If you go back to last year when Matt Nagy relieved play calling uh, in the back half of the season to kind of save their season and get them into that coveted seventh seed, which I still find hilarious that Chicago got it in the first year and (laughs) Fans lost. I'm not joking. Fans in Chicago lost their mind. We made the playoffs. There's no reason to fire Matt Nagy or anything. And I'm and some of us, like myself, are sitting here going, that doesn't exist a year ago. <laughs> anyway, back on track. So <laughs> Allen Robinson doesn't have fantasy value because it's a run first team. And really, there's not enough time for Justin Fields to even try and develop chemistry at the moment. Sure, they're they're doing Zoom meetings on right now, and Justin's going to start doing them with receivers more and more often. But, you know, Allen Robinson revealed it very well. They started the year in training camp with him not getting much chemistry with Fields and being exclusively, for the most part, with Andy Dalton. And Darnell Mooney is the most chemistry with fields. Rookies tend to lean on the receivers and safety nets that best understand what they want. It's kind of late and it's going to get later in the year before you even see something like that. And the bears offense to me, unless I see some magic or that line gets some massive improvements with the two rookies coming back. Yeah. That, that value is not really there to me. I I'm actually debating on dropping him in one of my leagues just because there are better options out there. And unfortunately, Robinson's, this is not his year. Uh, it, it looked positive. It looked promising, but it's fallen off the tracks, uh, mainly for a, mainly from an organizational standpoint, just failing in general. Yeah. I mean, you look at this roster and you just like, there's like weapons galore. I mean, you got Jimmy Graham and then you got mm-hmm. Cole Kimmett. And then of course you got Alan Hearns, uh, even a guy like, um, Marquise Goodwin, who we had, and we know that can stretch the field. Oh, yeah. And it's like it kind of scratch your head a little bit, and I kind of wonder why are they run first? I mean, now you know because they got a rookie quarterback. Things are happening fast for him. But somebody like a veteran like Andy Dalton, who has a stronger arm, I would say, maybe you could take some more chunk plays to Allen Hearns. It seems like he would be a guy that you guys would want to get involved. Um, Chris, you got anything else? I mean, uh, Alan Robinson. I'm sorry about that, Alan Robinson. No, hey, look. A few years ago, I would have been telling you that I would have loved to have Alan Hearns on the Chicago <laughs> Bears, um, back when he was a solid number two with Robinson yeah. with Blake Bortles there. So, yeah. but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. <laughs> just, I just actually I found that funny. That actually, though, it's like technically it's relating to a, to a person that was playing with Robinson. So, okay. <laughs> Just uh, I have one more question. Just uh, I'm gonna go offense, offensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe two more sure. question, I guess. All right. <clears throat> um, when is uh, 
Tariq Cohen coming back? And what, how do you like uh, moving forward with, uh, was it the Khalid Herbert? That's his name? Uh, Khalil Herbert, yeah. Khalil. Yeah. So Cohen, it sounds like, is not going to be back anytime soon. Um, there were talks that it was supposed to be some point around this time, like a week seven, eight originally, mm-hmm. that he might come off the pup list and then, you know, eventually rejoin the team. But it sounds like his ACL tear early in twenty in 2020 must have been pretty severe or something along that like, because everything I, I've read is that recovery is really slow with him. So I don't know when to expect him. It, my guess, no earlier than like halfway down the season line, which we're kind of getting there right now. I, if we're being honest, but it might be, it might be like three fourths of the way in and then maybe he shows up. Um, but I think right now, you know, Chicago's got Chicago's fine running back wise without him. I, I, I actually wish he was there. Don't get me wrong. I like an extra weapon, especially someone that can be a dump off for a rookie QB like Justin Fields yeah. and who can be speedy and shifty in the open field. And I miss that since he was knocked out with the ACL tear or, or yeah, ACL tear. So I would say this, that Khalil Herbert, if we're transitioning to this gentleman himself, I've loved it. I've loved his play um, ever since tra- ever since preseason when he also was showing some flashes as well, being a dynamic kick returner, actually, uh, before they traded for my from Miami for one, um, but also a dynamic running back to me, not just because he's wearing the number, but also because he kind of runs in this way. I've thought of him as Jordan Howard, but he can actually catch a bit better than Jordan Howard. Uh, you know, same, same kind of body structure, more of a power runner churning the legs. It's just, he can catch, you know, he's more versatile that way too. And he was a later round pick. So it's kind of, this is kind of Ryan Pace's MO. He's great with mid round picks, but he's terrible when it comes to the early rounders. Usually, usually. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Hey, I guess we're getting more stuff related to us each, each time we ask their questions, aren't we? (laughs) But but Cleo Herbert's great. I mean, I I was wanting to see what this kid could do when given some more time. Now credit Damian Williams. I, you know, he was he was showing some solid production, of course, against the Raiders. But you know, Herbert shows that he can take on that load if he needs to. So I'm almost getting this this feeling that when David Montgomery comes back, the Bears have kind of a Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt duo going on here that you can do a one two, and you're going to be punching, you're going to be punching with any given weapon in the backfield at this point. Cause even Montgomery, you know, he's a little shiftier, I think than Herbert, but he also has the same exact amount of power where he's a churner. He churns his legs, every hit, he looks for the contact, you know, guy finishes runs, both of them do, you know? So Herbert's been a great fill in. Uh, it's been proven through two weeks. That was the bright spot out of that God awful loss to Tampa Bay was Herbert getting 113 yards in that contest. Yeah, it's a style of uh, Tampa Bay defense right there. They usually don't mm-hmm. give up 100-yard uh, rushers. Jamal, you got anything? Sorry, I'm trying to find this uh, tapping noise that's over here. Sorry, I kind of zoned out for a second. <laughs> that's called your uh, your thoughts. Yeah, it's called one too many margaritas. Yeah, oh, no, man. it's mojitos. It's mojitos. I'm messing with margaritas. I didn't have work in the morning. I'd part. be uh, kicking some back. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. No, I got nothing else to add, man. Sorry. Sorry. No, no worries. So, Zach, how do you how do you see the game playing out? Uh, what do you think the final score is going to be? Where do you think uh, each or how do you think the Bears will do? Well, 
honestly, it just, it really depends on how much Sam Fran is able to get pressure. I think that's it to me. To me, that has been kind of the downfall for Chicago for the most part is, you know, how much can you get pressure on Justin Fields and how many turnovers can he cause, you know, also how inept is, how inept is that, uh, bear is that bears organization in terms of, uh, what, coaching miscues they have this coming week it seems like every the last two weeks they found some new way to make justin Fields screw up and then have to talk about it in a post-game press conference i don't know if it'll happen again but you know i wouldn't put it past them but really just get pressure on fields and stop the run because if you have if cleo herbert can't gain anything you're going to force the bears to pass which is right now the worst thing you can have that offense do because they don't have time to give Herbert or any to give Justin Fields any time to pass right now. Uh, so offensive uh, on the defensive unit for the 49ers, you just got to get pressure. That's it. You know, stop the run, get pressure, do the basics right. You know, keep coverage as needed on Robinson and especially Darnell Mooney. And you'll be set there uh, offensively. Well, you're definitely helped without Cleo Mack being there. So that's a great start. Um don't target Jalen Johnson. That's the other option I can give you because outside Jalen Johnson, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that uh, I'm not going to say that everyone's terrible really, but it is a significant drop off after you go to targets that Johnson is not covering uh, Vildor and Duke Shelley. I'm, I forget. I think it's Kel, Kellen Vildor. I'm, I'm going to botch it. I always do with Vildor, but uh, Vild, Kellen Vildor, Duke Shelley, they are not, they i will say they are not the uh guys you're looking for on that side jalen johnson helps mask a lot of that same with roquan smith uh eddie jackson you know is great coverage i think if you're able to dink and dunk on these guys you know kind of get kind of work it to get the chunk plays you're able to get then that should work i also think chicago is susceptible to the run um they either give up one to two yards or they'll give up gashes that are nine to ten so a lot of Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, eventually you're going to be able to break something out is what's going to happen. Uh, as in for results, give me, give me, I'm sorry. Give me the 49ers here. Uh, I'm going to do like uh, maybe like 20 to 13. I, I, I don't have much faith in the bears offensively right now whatsoever to generate anything that can be consistent enough to get past a 49ers unit that though I know is struggling offensively, uh, and I know that Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, to many and has not been exactly the solution and, you know, things are going to be a lot questioned in the off season. There's enough there to where you guys should be able to get a win out of this. If you ask me, is it going to be a tight game and defensive as a slugfest? Sure. Is Chicago inept enough on offense to where they won't be able to keep up if San Francisco gets a little bit of a lead? Yes. That's what I'm banking on. Who is so your time, right? We talked about it. We were not even born in the in the early 80s. Uh, our our first uh, memories of the 49ers are back in 94, 95 time, but we were four or five years old. In your time sure. of being a Bears fan, who is your guys' number one running back? Who would you say your best running back is? Oh, my oh. God. And the, I mean, I, right off the top of my head, it's got to be Matt Forte. But you also can't discount, like, Thomas Jones. I mean, I – man, I love Thomas Jones growing up as a kid. Dude was, dude was a baller. Uh, and one, I think that was a little under respect. I know Cedric Benson was supposed to be the hot ticket back in 2006 and was kind of supposed to be this next big thing. So they tried to play him more, especially in Super Bowl 41, by the way, big mistake, if you ask me, uh, but 
Thomas Jones doesn't get enough credit. I actually kind of want to shout him out here. You give me the chance just because people seem to forget how good he was, uh, especially after he went to the New York Jets too. had some good seasons there. Dude yeah. ran for 10,000 yards in a career. I mean, pretty good, pretty good NFL career. If he no, no, he's a good heartbeat. running back. Yeah. No, I bring Absolutely. it up, man, because uh, Matt Forte, I drafted him every year. And he won mm-hmm. me a couple championships, man. I love that guy, Matt Forte. I, I drafted him at least twice. I had the fortune to do that. Uh, didn't win a championship with him, but I mean, man, I love the guy, you know, just a, just a hard worker was basically about my, my favorite kind of player, you know, dude, dude basically knew his job. He did it damn well. And he got respect for it. You know, I, I really, th- those type of guys in a similar mindset with like Brian Erlacher as well, where I just love the guy for, for, you know, you knew he was good. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to jaw at people. You just knew he was that he was that freaking good. And he didn't, that's all we had to write. Uh, Matt Forte is the same way. It's a shame. I wish he was less. There's a few seasons. I wish that injuries didn't derail for him, but he was a special kind of running back. And in my time, he's the best one I've seen. At least for the Bears. It was Rex Grossman and Jimmy Garoppolo, the same quarterback. Are they the same quarterback? Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen him in the room together? That's my question. (laughs) Well, oh. I'll tell you that Garoppolo looks way better than sexy Rexy. I mean, that that's just <laughs> that's just straight up a fact. I mean, that's <laughs> real nickname. Se- the, sexy Rexy is is was a nickname of his at the time. And that was more just to, to distract us from uh how how erratically uh inconsistent the man was when he was in Chicago. I mean, back in 06, dude threw dude through uh if i'm off the top of my head i'm gonna say it's 26 touchdowns to 23 interceptions <laughs> so it was there's hot and cold wrecks some games some games he looked like a pro bowler some games he looked like he should have been benched years ago but yeah. that was rex grossman so last question i got for you and we'll let you go get some sleep i would appreciate you coming on it's late in indianapolis um naggy is he on the hot seat Oh my God, without a doubt. I, I he, dude is to me, I wanted him fired last year. I, I was, I was one of those guys pulling the ax out of the closet. and like, all right, it's time to go. But you know, <laughs> organization, I'm, yeah. Organization in the off season. I'm not joking with you. You know, part of it, they kept him because part of it, they got to the playoffs, you know, seventh seed or whatnot, you know, the usual miss playoff spot years past. But they also credited him for his uh, courageousness and his uh, tenacity for getting through a five-game losing streak, which I have never heard of that type of thing for an ownership being proud of, but that was what they were proud of. So, you know, and of course, everyone kind of got off the train for firing Nagy after they hired Fields. It was like a big distraction. They hired, they signed just, or they drafted Justin Fields. Everyone in Chicago just forgot. And I'm just sitting here with the axe going, where's everybody going? I thought we were all on the same page, but <laughs> now we had to wait till the beginning of the year to finally start getting back on that front. And I'm like, all right, everything's back to normal now. <laughs> who, who, who's on top of your uh, list for replacing him then? That's hard to say. I actually haven't even looked yet because the reason I, I mean, I, I haven't focused in yet because the bears historically don't fire coaches mid season. So it's kind of hard for me to get on it. If I had to take a guess, like, I would love if somehow, some way, the Brian DeBall leaves yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. That is my primary guy. Yeah. Just for how he transformed and made an offense that made and has, made, has really developed Josh Allen 
to an MVP status in this right. league, uh, or at least MVP caliber status. So bring someone like that that actually knows and innovates on how to use quarterbacks that are mobile to Chicago, Yo. develop that way, and build Yo, the Brady. damn line. Get a GM that knows how to build an offensive line, for Christ's sake. I don't need another Ryan Pace slash Jerry Angelo figure running around Hallis Hall trying to you know put makeshift pieces together and hope to God someone doesn't die back there. A 40-year-old uh, Jason Peters protecting your future franchise quarterback. Like I said, dude looks like Orlando Pace around the same time. Jerry Angelo did that move. It's it's bringing back bad memories. I'm huh. I, I see it in the same way. I'm like, damn it, I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> we just need you guys to be bad for one more week. Just one more week, and then we're we're right on your bandwagon to help you guys out. Just one more just week. Just one more week. <laughs> yeah, it's one more week of you know three or four turnovers, six turnovers, you know. Oh man, tell yeah, there there's the silver lining if we lose. Like, hey, thanks for keeping that case going for for me. <laughs> I can I can look to the end of the season on Black Monday and see uh oh Nagy fired. Oh, there you go. Oh, perfect. <laughs> right Hit the reset October. <laughs> yep. Oh, All right, gosh. Zach. Thanks for uh coming in, man. I'll let you go to bed. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. This has been a, this has been fun guys. Uh, you know, best of luck this week, you know, whoever, whoever, whatever best team wins, you know, it is what it is, but Hey, should be a, should be a good contest. I think. Thanks again, though. Really. Yeah, where, where, where can people find you on Twitter and then uh, shout out your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to follow me per on my personal Twitter. That's just at Zach Kyleman. Uh, again, just look up uh, Zach with a C-H and then Kyleman, just spell it K-E-I-L-M-A-N. Uh, otherwise, you can find the Gridiron Gallery. That's the main one I'll, I'll kind of advertise here. Uh, look up at Grid Gallery Pod. Again, that is at Grid Gallery Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find me on YouTube at Gridiron Gallery as well. Post uh, all my interviews I have with people on that from the podcast so if you want video version you got that you got audio on your favorite podcast platforms and you got me on social check me out if you can you won't regret it all right zach good night man appreciate you zach love a shout for you man thank, thank you man appreciate it friend of the pod jamal did you find that uh clicking noise yeah hey, i found it or something around. i seen the, every part Dude, of your, your whole what? You gave us a tour yeah, around Mexico, boy. I'll tell you. Yeah, that, bro. I can't stand still. He was in the bathroom. He was outside. He was in the living room. He was in the bedroom. He was in the bathroom. Uh, I was like, yeah. see, I was getting the pool. Well, I had some tacos coming, you know, through room service. So I was trying to, you know, wait for that to come through. And, you know, finally it came through. So, yeah, I was just, you know, nervous pacing. Answering the door when room service comes. Oh, I'm going to pop. See right how now. quick I dropped that phone, though? I was like, I got to go, y'all. Bounced. <laughs> I give me those tacos. <laughs> I was like, shit, I ain't mad at you, man. You're living your best life right now, man. I'm not mad at you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. So, yeah, man, we got a few things to get into. Talk about a fat Brian dude, Ayuk. Oh, my God. Hey, man, that dude, uh, I don't think we're going to beat the Bears, but that's just me. Nah, we got to beat the Bears. We're going to beat the Bears. We might as well fire Shanahan now. What happened to your elbow, Jamal? Uh, I fell. Where? Over there? there? No, I was back home. Okay. Yeah. Um, bad. All right. Well, thanks, Zach, for joining us. And we got our part of the show. Chris and Jamal still on the line. Jamal is hanging on by a thread drinking. What were you drinking? Not margaritas. No, no. Mojitos. 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 Uh, it's, it's a classic mojito. So it's lime and mint. So I'm going to that passion fruit, blueberry bullshit. Yeah, none of that uh, beast mode drink. I would try that, though. I would try that. <laughs> 
That's being racist. Can't believe it. I was offended. I didn't even know what to say. No, man. Hey, we went to the draft party and they're they're serving some black margaritas. And I was like, what the heck that is? And they said that's, that's beast cool. margaritas. I was like, what's in there? They said Hennessy. I said, oh boy. <laughs> oh, Tess, how many you have that night? <laughs> he bit his tongue real quick. I uh I uh let's just say nobody went to work the next day. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet, I bet. That's yeah, the beef margaritas, man. Oh man. Um, so let's get into it. Speaking of beef boat margaritas, Brandon Ayuk was called fat by his head coach today. Jamal, do you buy that Brandon Ayuk came fat, and that's why he's only had nine targets this season? No, that makes no sense to me, man. I mean, he was there all offseason, training camp, training camp, mini camp. I think he had um was thrown with uh, Trey Lance on the side too. When the hell did he eat? I don't understand it. <laughs> There's no way. Well, drinks don't make you fat, so margarita liquor doesn't make you fat. So you, you, you I don't see where uh, where he would get fat would be fat at. I mean, he didn't look fat on Sunday. It was it was just it was just super interesting because so the press conference today, right? They they actually brought Brown and Ayuk. Kyle Shanahan replies with, "He is working himself back into shape. He's almost there." Taking him some time for him to get back in shape. Reporter follows up: Is it a, is it is it a concern with his weight, or was he did he put on too much weight in the off season? And then Kyle Shanahan said something like, "Yeah, that's part of it too. Uh, it's a mixture of things, but yeah, his weight." And so it was just like, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's not running good routes because he's got a little bit more lbs in the weight room, maybe. That's what I say. I might have bulked up a little bit. You know, yeah, maybe he bulked up a little bit too much. Yeah. Or maybe or, or he tells the truth. Saying. Be like, no, tells the truth. I can't develop court receivers for shit. I'm a fuck up. That's all you gotta say. It's a better, <laughs> better answer than saying he's fat. All right. It's the yeah. mojito talking. Give me the truth, bro. Give me the truth. Give him the mojito truth juice. <laughs> so there is a problem, man. There is a problem with this franchise developing wide receivers. We haven't developed a wide receiver since Brandon Lloyd. And I don't even know if that's a, that's, a, that's a stretch right there. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was like, I don't know if we can hang our hat on that, but yeah. Uh, what about T.O. maybe? Maybe. Brandon Lloyd played for like 15 plus years, though. For like 15 other teams, too. So I was going to say, was his good years with us? Was his best years with us? Maybe Denver. Yeah, I would say Denver was probably his uh, best uh, stretch. I don't. I just don't know what it is. I mean, you see Dante Pettis. Is he is he putting big numbers up in New York Giants? No, but he's catching touchdowns. He's got he's more catches. I ain't number. He, he's throwing, he's, and he's throwing though. touchdowns, and he's got more catches than IU in Shout two less games. Family. He's got more. He's got more catches than IU in two less games, and it's like Brent, Kendrick Bourne is out there doing his thing. He threw a damn oh. touchdown too. Oh man, what damn Shane? That's not looking good, bro. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what somebody told me too, Tess? This one of your guys too. I got shout out uh, my man uh, Steve Sarkeesian, one of Texas guys. Um, someone tried to tell me he be uh, Sarkeesian on the sideline that uh, Shanahan might be drunk, and I was like, maybe that's a Monday morning, you know, coming down type talk. But he was like, yeah, man, did you hear his press conference? I swear that fool be look like he's either drunk or, you know, he's smoking smoking. I was like, I don't know about that, but you know. I mean, he said he looked a little flustered on Saturday night or Sunday night. I think he was. I think he was upset. I think he was real upset. I think, 
You know, here, man. So they haven't won a game in five weeks, including the bye. So they haven't won a game a month. I read this stat today. They haven't won a game in Levi's in one calendar year. Yes. That's a fact. <laughs> Beautiful stadium. Great fans. Mm. Half mm. of that because they went to Arizona, but still, they haven't won a game in Levi's. Uh, Raven, so, what do you say? Um, I hate hearing this from the, the opposing team. Like Darius Leonard came out. Oh yeah, on Monday, saying that he was happy we stopped running the ball. Or at least you know, scheme me that run that was working so well against him. Like I, just, I can't stand that. Like I know the opposing team was happy that yeah, we switched it up. And Kyle's split like, zone. I can't figure it out. Just figure out what So they were they were keying the fullback tight ends right. The Niners were sending yep. the tight ends and fullbacks, and they're running zone the other way away from them. And then the linebackers kept flying, and they ran that that first drive, and they boom, 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 got into the end zone, and then they ran it. I think three or four more times after that. And yeah. Mitchell was eating. Mitchell was running hard, man. I mean, he deserved, he had fresh legs. He was out for a while. I mean, I know you didn't want to get him banged up. You know, he's coming off that shoulder injury, but at the same time, man, we're trying to get a win here. It's like you said. Bro, I'm, I was starting my fantasy, man. That's, that's what's killing me right now. Well, I started him. Mean, he did pretty good. He got me like 18 points, something like that. Could have been more. It could have been yeah. more. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's what it is. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is playing people. <laughs> Has his players on He's fantasy? Playing. Yeah, on fantasy. He probably got Jimmy G over Trey Lance, so that's why <laughs> starting Jimmy G. Well, let's get into it, man. Trey Lance practiced practice today. Uh, both quarterbacks were there for the first time in a couple of weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo is already named the starter. Uh, Kyle Shanahan again in the presser on Monday said that was by far Jimmy G's worst game, but he huh. said that uh, Jimmy G's not one bad game away from being benched. Jamal. Where are you at on the Jimmy G experience? I don't know, man. I'm lost, confused, hungry, tired, hungover. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, it's the same story every week now, man. The guy just can't come through. And when you got Joe Staley, like an ex friend of yours, come out and just blast your ass on TV, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to watch right now. Chris, Chris, Jimmy G, man, where are you at? Ah, well, you know, I mean, since the day one of this pod, I always, you know, my famous words, cut him. But, you know, I was going to give him a shot, you know. Um, but uh, Sunday kind of was the last straw, you know. Uh, I was like, all right, we can ride with Jimmy G one more time just to see. I know it was a bad game to, you know, evaluate him because it was a downpour. But, like I said, everybody else was playing in it. I mean, Carson Wentz was still slinging that thing down the field, just throwing it up, you know, getting those prayer uh, pass interference calls. But uh, with Jimmy G, man, it's like seeing the same movie, paying full price for it, and you know the ending every time. <laughs> And it's Small like, guys, right, hands up. yeah, it's like, come on, man. I need to, I need to see something else, you know, and our season's not down the drain just yet. You know, um, I know we're uh, two and four, but no, there's still a lot of football left. I mean, we still got a lot of division games, um, got a lot of winnable games, but you know, our defense is playing well, well enough for us to win these, you know, games, you know, uh, we just need our offense to kind of uplift us a little bit, you know, because even on Sunday that our defense were putting in, Terrible uh, situations at times with the turnovers and stuff like that. Jamal, you got your hands up? Yeah. Um, that touchdown drive that he had, it was like three plays, like 37 seconds. Yeah. Um, what was it, like two play action passes to Debo? I mean, they were throwing the ball down the field, so they showed they could do it. They just – they don't do it consistently. Like, it's on Kyle Shannon more on Jimmy G, honestly, if you really think about it, because Jimmy G made the throws. Yeah, I mean, especially – the, the interception to Debo where 
uh, is going around Twitter. You can find it anywhere. We got Brandon IU getting open in the middle field, but yeah. he's too fat. But that's a different story for him. He was fatly wide open. That's what he was. There it is. Big, there just... it is. That's a hashtag right there. Um, but there was like three more balls in that game where he should have threw an interception. And of course, the sinking linebacker, it bounced off one hand and then another off a linebacker's chest. So it's kind of like, Ugh. And then Chris touched on it that he's talking about the defense. We lead the league. We lead the league in pass interference. And it's not like, yeah. man, these refs are costing us. Some of these pass interference are like pretty bad, dude. And it's like, I asked Chris, I was texting Chris back and forth. Chris, our defensive guy of the pod, are they not practicing in a phase, out of phase? Are they not practicing with the balls in the air and trying to look and lean and find the ball? They seem like they're panicking over and over and over again. Chris, what do you what do you think of that, man? Ah, uh, man, that's that's directly on coaching. You know, that's if you're the DB coach, and um, you know, I've been that guy before where you know you gotta prep your unit. You know, you don't want to be the weak link of your unit. You know, you got the D line doing good, you got the linebackers doing good, so <clears throat> you don't want to be uh, the weak link of the the three units. Uh, you know, you don't want to be the ones that let your team down. You know that, you know, your D-line is playing good, your linebackers are falling, making plays, being aggressive, you know, and then you bail the offense out with a, you know, terrible technique, you know, you no ball skills, you know, you lose the ball in the air. I know it was raining out there, but, I mean, we have some games prior where, you know, perfect conditions, and it still looks like we can't find the ball, you know, just running around trying to look for it. But I did see today that they were practicing uh, – um, kind of looking lean. Uh, they're working on the fade routes, kind of high pointing the ball and kind of having ball skills like that. But uh, hopefully it translates into the game. Um, I would just be working a lot of technique, a lot of basics, uh, a lot of W drills, a lot of, you know, tip drills, a lot of looking lean, you know, like you said, in a phase, out of phase, you know, work on that hip pocket um, because this, like you said, uh, your JV team plays the ball better than us, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. It's terrible. Josh Norman, I don't want him. I don't want him playing anything less than ten yards up the field. Like nothing back more than ten yards. Keep him either at that will linebacker or keep him in the cover too. If you guys running that, I don't want to see Josh Norman trying to cover. Jamal, is Lenore not fat enough to play? Why isn't he not active for these game days? I mean, he had two solid games, and then all of a sudden that boy cannot touch the field. I think either Shanahan or the coaching staff has some sort of hatred for rookies. Maybe I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, that's low-key our best corner. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's, he promised in the preseason. Yeah. I can't tell you why he's not playing the field. I want to know why Sherman and Ayuka are playing on the damn field. Trey, yeah. Trey Sherman, right? Trey Sherman. Not yeah, both of them. Both Trey's. Yeah, both Trey's. <laughs> both yeah. Trey's. Uh, speaking of rookie that's going to be playing is Hugh Funga. And we were all high on him. Chris was oh, the one that wanted to drafted him. And then we got him and we saw him play in the preseason. Couple of plays here and there. He had a couple of rookie mistakes last game, but Tart looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks. And Hufanga is stepping in. Very excited to see him play. Um, so, but Chrissy Chris, let's wrap this up, man. What do you think? How do you think the game is going to go? Uh, just want to touch on my guy, Hufanga. Um, I'm, I'm not in for bold predictions. I mean, you know, um, but if he plays well, I think we might not uh, see any more Tart anymore. That's how high I'm on that that guy. I think he's an instinctive player, and I think uh, with more snaps and more reps, I think those rookie mistakes uh, will get smaller and smaller. I mean, 
I mean, not that bad of a second. I mean, can't get any worse. So I'll throw the kid out there and see what he does. But my prediction for uh, Sunday's game, uh, I'm going 28-12, maybe 28-10. Maybe uh, I think our defense is going to get the pressure, uh, get some sacks. I think this is a Bosa game where he can kind of work on uh, our guy, Jason Peters, you know, to get around that edge. Uh, I think uh, our defense might uh, maybe even uh, get a couple turnovers, maybe even get one in the end zone. But I'm, I'm thinking the final score would be, I would say, 28-10. Jamal, what do you say, man? How do you think the game is going to go down? Anything that we left off that you want to talk about? I'm going to go with a, a real low-scoring game of 13 to 10. I'm expecting both rookie. I'm not going to be, but Justin Fields kind of look like a rookie. Uh, I don't know if it's a trap game for us. If it's you know we're long beyond that, but it's a it's hopefully <laughs> a bounce back game, a bounce back game for us. I think that's something a bounce back. Get right. Yeah, Call that get right. yeah. But it's gonna be ugly. That's for sure. It's gonna be one ugly game. So I got 13-10 also, but I got it going the other way. I think uh, the Chicago defense is going to do enough to stop our running game and force Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball. He's going to throw a couple of interceptions. I think two interceptions for sure. Maybe a fumble. He's going to keep up with Justin Fields and turning over the ball. A lot of people made uh, a lot of big deal about Justin Fields throwing four interceptions um, or four turnovers, and you got Jimmy Garoppolo having three turnovers himself, which I think that will continue. And I think our defense secondary is leading the league in pass interference, and that's not going to change anytime soon, especially because we have a rep now, and anything close, the referees are going to call it defensive pass interference because that is exactly what we have shown on film, and I think that's what's going to bite us in the butt. Uh, the defense is going to play hats off. Maybe a couple series they'll give off, and the offense will have one first down again because the defense of the Bears is way better than the Colts. So I say 13-10. The Bears. And the Bears. I am pretty much out of this season. I mean, I'm definitely a fan, and people might be hating on me a little bit here and there, but I just look at the talent level of other teams, and they just have better players than we do. Uh, up and down the roster, depth, and we are – I mean, me and Chris, we got into it a couple of weeks ago. We didn't record a show for the Colts, but we got into it against the Arizona Cardinals where we – I felt like out, uh, Kyle Shanahan was out coached. Two weeks to prepare, coming out to the Colts. You got two weeks to prepare, and you know it's going to rain, and you don't practice for the rain. You don't practice with any wet balls, and you got outcoached, and I think he will get outcoached again. So if anybody disagrees with me and wants to say so, speak now forever. Hold your peace. Uh, I'm not going to take it lying down, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I can't. Hey, like I said, I, the Arizona game, uh, but this one, uh, the Colts game, I mean, I was like, damn, Shanahan, I was riding for you, G. And then you do this to me? Like, come on, man. That challenge flag. So I was like, <laughs> damn, bro. you like, shit. It's like when you, your kid comes home and tells you they didn't do it, and then you talk to the teacher, and then they, they, they're folding on you. It's like, come on, man. Well, you got, the, you got the challenge flag, and then you got a minute with timeouts left before the half, and you take three knees. You know what I'm saying? So you're giving up a possession there. You got the challenge flag there, and then you're just playing super conservative in the fact where you don't want to throw the ball down the field. And then when you're forced to throw the ball down the field, you, Jimmy Garoppolo, you trust Jimmy Garoppolo to throw interception. 
You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? No, I hear you. No, I, hear you. no I, I, I was on. I was, I was, you know, pro Shanahan, but I mean, it's like this one, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't defend him. I even said, I was like, I can't even defend you, Shani, on this one. I mean, I mean, this national TV, you don't, don't know challenge flag. I don't even know what, I would just call the timeout. Like, no, let's get the timeout. I'll take the L. I'll take the timeout instead of the challenge. But yeah, I so mean, he, he told the referees that his headset went out and they're going to give the uh, challenge flag back to him. But then the NFL called and said, no, he challenged it. You can't give him a challenge, which is a rule. You do the challenge flag. And sure. so, I mean, that also, I can't, I can't take credit for this joke. Uh, my man, Guru Johnson on 95.7 came up for it. He said that he has his face in a, uh, a lunch menu in his call seat and he can't see what's going on in the game. And so I just think he is juggling way too much and he's got way too many titles. Uh, I think he's a GM. I don't think John Lynch is making much decisions. He's got final say of who's on the roster. He's the offensive coordinator and he's the head coach. But half the time he is looking to call his offensive plays. And when the defense is on the field, you can see on TV, he's always on his tablet and he's always looking at his call sheet for the next set of plays, right? So he's not knowing what's going on on defense. He's not knowing what the time of possession is. He's not knowing the analytics, if you will. So if he's going to have all that, he needs somebody in the booth to talk to him. And I'm not sure if he does because it's been very evident in a few different weeks where a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a fourth and two that he refused to go for because he thought the ball was farther than it was. He thought it was a fourth and three or fourth and four, and he didn't want to go for the fourth and two. So he doesn't have anybody in the boot to spot the ball. Then he doesn't have anybody in the boot to tell him when to throw a flag. And then he doesn't have anybody in the boot to tell him what to call timeouts or what the analytics say. So, I mean, these are proof of questions that he's answered in the press conference. And this is proof of evidence that we see in the field. And that's why I keep saying he's being outcoached because he's trying to do everything himself and he doesn't have the correct people around him to tell him no, I think so. Four and 13, but, he's fired? We go no, no, you can't fire him yet, no. Uh, no we go four and like, 13? Like, like Zach was saying, Nagy uh, drafted a, a rookie quarterback. You got to give him 12, two years. I say, dude, if, if they don't win more than six games, I, I think he's in the hot seat. If next year they come back out and they win like what four or five games, I, I would say fire him for sure. So this year is the 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 settling point, and then if we're like at this point next year, and then we lose a team like the Bears and go to like two and five, he's out of there. I don't know, man. I think coaches get fired for less. That's true. True, but I mean he's writing. I mean he's writing a, a prestige name, you know, the Shanahan, you know. He's riding that coattail. He's riding daddy's coattail. So didn't stop Dan Snyder from firing his daddy. Yeah. It was different though. I mean, it was like the Shanahan's family didn't do anything for the WFT, right? You got the offensive coordinator of the glory years son, who's supposed to be a genius, which I still think he's a great designer of plays. I just I mean, don't think... he's just an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Let let somebody else be the head man and you just focus on calling your plays. Get you get you a quarterback, because I mean, Maybe. yeah, head coach, yeah, you got to be able to do all that, man. You got to know down the distance. You got to know what's going on with defense. I mean, if that's too much. You got to have a right hand man. Maybe you know? maybe he's a nerve turner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or there's a, there's a lot of uh, OCs out there. I mean, even the Bears <laughs> one we were just talking to. He's uh, probably a good OC, but not a head coach. 
you know. Jamal it got his tacos in finally. Yeah, he's so been he trying all show. And he just showed the tacos, but living in life in Mexico. Um, I, I just don't want this to become a rant on Kyle. Uh, I'm still rooting for the guy. Look, I am I am thinking with my brain right now instead of my faithful heart of the 49ers. Do I want the 49ers to win? Yes. Am I going to tune in Sunday and root for the 49ers to win? Yes. Do I think they're going to win? No. Look at Tess not being a homer. Look at that guy. <laughs> Halloween, all of a sudden, you know what? You want to wear a new costume, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you. Hey, real talk, though. I mean, the Dolphins are about to have the number three overall pick of the draft. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Nah, not right. I think, you know, that that's Sean Washington. That's heating up. The deadline's next Tuesday. There, so, you know, and the, there's the other side of the coin, man. Let's say they beat the Bears, right? They beat the Bears with three and four. You mess around and you play Arizona t- t- uh, tough. And you beat Arizona. You're four and four. Then you mess around and you play the Rams, and we have owned the Rams. And let's just say Shanahan still owns the Rams. Somehow we find a way to win that. And you're five and four. You just won three in a row. You beat two of the top teams in your division. And then all of a sudden it's all different, right? So this is a big turning point in our season. And this is a point right now of what's going to happen. Shanahan put his name onto Jimmy G. He's going to stick with Jimmy G for the next three games at least. But if we go 0-3 for the next three games, we're gonna, I, I guarantee you we'll see uh, Trey Lance. But I think yeah, that's a little I too see long the report today. That's a little too long for me. Three games? Yeah. Uh, but like you said, it's a long season, though. With that 17th week, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm I'm ready to just turn to the kid and let's 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 see what it do. let's make it do what it do. Well, Shannon, well, Shannon believes if he does that, their chances of winning is gone. That's what he believes. Nah, I just got to open that offense up a little bit. You can't run zone read 15 times a game. That's not Lamar Jackson. He ain't built that way. That, that kid, nah, you got to get that guy out, you know, mo- you know, sprint, you know, blue legs and get him out on the perimeter, you know, get him a run pass option. Don't just straight, you know, quarterback power. Like, this ain't Bro, how, how, how is Shane going to say that, though? I mean, he, he cost two first-round picks, a third, and possibly getting a second from the Patriots just to get this goddamn quarterback, Trey Lance. And you don't want to fucking start him because he's not ready yet. Well, you give all those damn assets. Just make the move. My uh, another friend of the pod uh, was telling me uh, that we should have started uh, Trey Lance from the jump because those two first games uh, were kind Offense of like boosters. A, yeah, you kind of kind of just uh, get his reps in, get his warm up, you know, and then just take it from there. But I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But yeah. I, when he said that, I was like, I wouldn't have been opposed to that. But at the same time, they they did they didn't want to lie to Jimmy and tell him, "Oh, give you a shot," and then you know backdoor him in the twelfth hour. Yeah, you paid him way too much money to be a backup too in the beginning of the season, right? Uh, what's Andy Dalton though? A backup? He can't pay. I mean, what we got one more year with him on though. the books? How much? I don't know if he's getting paid Jimmy money. I, I don't have. I don't know what the numbers are. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I just want to win ball games. That's that's at the end of the day. I, I don't care who's the starter, but uh, I don't losing. I don't like losing, especially you know certain certain games that we should have won. You know that we had shots. You know, but you know it happens. Like Sunday night was a winnable game for us. Now, no, I know. we've been a, we've been in a lot of winnable games. I think those it happens. The edge goes to coaching, and I think the coaches failed us, but. I don't know. I don't want to get into a circle. 
Anything that we left off, I mean, Jamal talked about it. There's reports coming out of New England that they offered us a second-round pick for Jimmy G, and we wanted a first. Shit, I took that in a heartbeat. Bro, you get no first for Jimmy G, bro. Come on now. I took that second heartbeat, especially if New England goes, you know, middle of the road. We get, like, a top, what, 75 pick or something like that, top – Something like that. If it had been, if it was last year's pick, that second round pick was probably what, like the mid forties. Yeah. Yeah. See, See, but then first round pick. But then we would have drafted some bust. You know why? Because the reason that we're struggling too is because our top four picks can't get on the field from this year. Our top picks from last season can't get on the field. Kinlaw's looking like he might have season ending surgery. We're we're a dumpster fire right now. Thanks, John Lynch. (laughs) You're the man. Oh, man, I'm telling you, where Aaron Banks at, man? Where you at, man? We're trying to get you on the show, man. We've been trying to call you. Wait, oh, man, you he it? can't even get dressed. Ain't he that big? He can't, he can't catch up his toes? Man, they're saying that Aaron Banks is fat. Brandon Ayuk is fat. Bro, they called him a dancing bear in the scouting reports. <laughs> Everybody's fat around here, man. I mean, life is good, I guess. Life is good. Every Thomas is not fat enough? Shit. Man. This is, this is, man, we missed on a lot of we missed on a lot of good players, man. The opportunity to draft, and I don't know what their draft war was. No, no, I'm all depressed now, man. Thanks a lot. I know. <laughs> Jess, I might have to go to my liquor cabinet real quick, man, and pour one up, man. Pour one up for the fallen. The beast for mode the for the fallen. Beast mode margarita. Ah, nah, this is called a cheap margarita, man. This is a plastic bottle on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, whatever day it is. <laughs> You know, can't pour out the good stuff midweek. I won't make it to work. Well, we always have Joe Staley. Take us out, Joe. How's it go? Jimmy Tom Sula, Jimmy Tom Sula. <laughs> Open up my shirt like Jimmy Tom Sula. Got the gold chain on like Jimmy Tom Sula. <laughs> <laughs>